0: One of my first um, mentors always said a lot of new people, you grow up, you kind of wait and see, kind of don't look people in the eye, that type of thing. You're kind of, you're really modest. You're just kind of in the background listening. But at the same time, use that to your advantage. Like, be a good listener. Observe what's happening. Take notes, write down what you're seeing. That stuff, the little details, that can be just as powerful
1: Hello. Welcome to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. I'm your host, Leah Lem.
2: And I'm your other host, Co Primo.
1: Yes. Welcome to Native Lights, where we hear from Native folks doing great things and we talk to them about how they realize their gifts and how they're sharing them with their communities.
2: Yeah, Leah, what's going on? How are you doing?
1: I'm doing doing quite well, thank Mm. you. How are you?
2: You know, I'm doing well. Things are getting a little... A little less busy after such a crazy election week, so that's it's good.
1: Very good, yep. So busy time. I think you were a bit more busy than I was.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of local, you know, coverage of the elections, a lot of state races that we had to follow. But of course, with the, the election, the presidential election taking, you know, a while, there was a lot of you know uh, waiting there's a lot of waiting for news you know news to happen <laughs> waiting for pennsylvania waiting for nevada you know
1: a lot of uh website refreshing yeah
2: exactly so <laughs> it's nice to get a little bit past that
1: yeah a lot of that election coverage was uh kind of interesting huh
2: yeah there was there was something about it <laughs>
1: <laughs> there was <is> something else <laughs>
2: something else about it <laughs> Tell us about that mm-hmm. a little bit, Leah. Just give it a little.
1: Oh, sure. So, <laughs> CNN coverage. Uh, creator, bless them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so CNN had a graphic during election coverage that lumped people in mm-hmm. uh, from Native Nations into a something else category. Kind of, they like had white, black, yeah. Asian. And something else. It was. Uh, yeah,
2: it was almost too perfect.
1: A Latino, yeah. <laughs> um, and so, of course, something else lumps in, Native Nations, and like I'm sure, just like a ton yeah. of, of different backgrounds. And so, um, gosh, <laughs> it's kind of a, kind of telling, isn't it?
2: I don't. Yeah, <laughs> for such a huge event, like the, you know, prime time.
1: mm mm-hmm. In all um, the hubbub,
2: <laughs> but yeah, it was kind of funny how I heard about that because I didn't actually, you know, hear about it immediately. I dad mentioned it, and I didn't really understand what he meant when he said that's good for us, you know, something else. People, I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> and I kind of ignored it, and then I saw Steve saying that he's married to, you know, somebody who's uh, something else, historian, yeah, <laughs> professor
1: Firmel. of something, no, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: and then i'm like okay I, there's something going on here so i searched it and then i saw that i'm like oh man you hate to see it
1: i know they were probably like okay i'm just guessing yeah complete guess they're probably like well we can't say other yeah <laughs> what's the other way of saying other we don't want to other them <laughs> well just something else them
2: yeah i'm curious if you know if it was an intern or if it was somebody just getting something together and they forgot they like uh I don't know, just typed out something and then it got on there i don't
1: know oh yeah like it was a placeholder yeah <laughs> <laughs> never yeah. use placeholders mm-hmm. cuz those sometimes make it to the end <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and i also saw that naja the native american journalists association demanded CNN apologized mm-hmm. for using something else to describe native voters.
2: Mm. I wonder mm-hmm. I wonder if they will. Have they yet? Probably not. I, mm. I haven't seen yeah. anything.
1: I'm sure if they had, I would know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it would come up on yeah. you know native social media, but I haven't seen anything yet. So yeah. well, we' we'll, we're gonna actually talk more about this something else phenomenon um, a little bit later because we have an awesome guest today.
0: Uh, my name is Dalton Walker. I'm from the Red Lake Nation. Uh, grew up in Panema, Minnesota. I'm based in Phoenix, Arizona currently.
1: And so today we're talking to a journalist and we're going to ask him a bit about how he realized that sharing stories in Indian country was a path that he'd like to take and you know what inspires him to do it. So I'm Super duper looking forward to our conversation today. Yeah, I can't wait. Dalton is from the Red Lake Nation and is a national correspondent for Indian Country Today. Plus, he's super friendly and thoughtful. Oh, here he is. Hey, Dalton, how's it going?
0: Hey, what's up, guys? Howdy.
1: Hey. Boujou. 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 <laughs> cool. Nice to see you.
2: Same for you. Yeah. Same for you. Thanks for coming on. Be rich
0: for having me.
2: Uh, so Dalton, how are you? Like, you know, how's, how's the
0: family right now? I'm fine. I guess making the most of pandemic life. Um, I'm blessed to have an amazing partner and a 12-year-old daughter and two fur babies here down in Phoenix. So we're making the most of this opportunity.
1: Great. So we're in such a busy time. There's a lot of news happening right now what's what's going on in your work right now with all the changes that are happening?
0: I've been with um, any country today since January, and just as uh, I was getting used to the atmosphere and this kind of the daily grind the pandemic just fell on us. We have a newsroom down in Phoenix at downtown at the campus of Arizona State University, but since mid March we've been working remotely, so I've been working from home most of the time. Recently, I did some field reporting and went out and spoke with people. Social distancing, all that good stuff. But it's just a strange time. Like we're as a as a person and as a journalist. So I'm just trying to stay grounded, but at the same time, no. There's a lot happening at a lot of levels beyond my world. And that's kind of where it falls in as a journalist that I have to be able to step up and write certain stories, speak to important people, and just make sure I'm focused when I'm on.
1: Yeah, that's really great. Thanks for sharing that because it's one of those times where you're, it's like we're called to step up Um, And really do the work.
2: Yeah. And speaking of a lot of work uh, with like the whole, the election, like where were you when that, you know, when Biden was declared president, like how was that for you?
0: So on election day, I've, I love election day. I've covered elections um, since basically since 2008 consistently. And this day was always something I look forward to. I've been in um, mainstream newspaper newsrooms covering the local angle and covering what's happening around the state. Um, And fortunately, this year, I was able to cover the native angle with a national scope with so many interesting candidates. I believe we had more than 100 running for national, state, and local seats and it was just really neat to follow that along as we kind of prepared for the big day. And on election night, um we still worked remotely. We have we have about almost 20 people on our staff and we kind of broke it up into two segments, the broadcast and then the digital kind of the written word side. And I was with the digital side and we covered everything we could remotely through social media, through this reporting on what was happening as, as close to real-time as possible, and updating our content on our website. So that was really fun. And then yeah. we quickly learned, well, we didn't quickly learn, but we, we knew that the national side, especially the presidential election, probably wasn't going to be called or be over with that night. And then it just kept going. Next morning, we woke up try to do what we can as a newsroom to get where we were and they he's kept doing that and then on I, I usually don't work weekends but we periodically are on call and Saturday was my day to be on call of course when the big news <laughs> came across that we have a president elect so me and my editor we did what we could regarding getting up the news sharing the news, finding perspective so now it's almost a week later and Ready for the next one.
2: <laughs> I actually just wanted to very quickly say that I, I looked at your, your Twitter feed and I saw that you um, had nostalgia for the election night pizza at, in newsrooms. And I have to say that I have the same exact thing, you know, work, working from home now and being out of the newsroom, you know, the the local CBS newsroom, that pizza was always something to look forward to. I just got to
0: say that. <laughs> hey, I... I'm um, right there because was, that was the money. Like you were coming in later and then you would have dinner and then you would take yeah. off again. And luckily we ordered some good food for here, but it wasn't this, quite the same as that pizza. Even though it might not be the best pizza, the idea of it's pizza in <laughs> here with your friends and colleagues, that's what makes it that delicious. Exactly.
2: You're listening to Native Lights, where Indigenous Voices Shine. Native Lights is produced with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Today, we're hearing from Dalton Walker from the Red Lake Nation. He's a journalist for Indian Country Today and lives down in Arizona. Earlier, Leah and I were discussing the whole um, "something else," quote unquote, uh, fiasco at CNN. I was just cu- <laughs> just curious about your thoughts on that, and like you know what it what it might mean, you know, for the the, the news media industry and you know for Native re- representation and things like that.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, we're often overlooked and even pushed aside on a lot of important issues in this country. And when that came about, it wasn't surprising. It was unfortunate. But at the same time, I really admire the people, especially on social media, who know, have a platform and a voice for calling them out and explaining, like, this is not right and this should not happen. And that was, I I believe, it caught these decision-makers who made that decision, they heard that loud and clear. And hopefully that doesn't happen again. And two, at the same time, I really thought it was neat that a lot of Native people flipped it and kind of made, instead of showing that, hey, this is really disrespectful, but at the same time showing this is also part of humor, a part of who Native people are, and they really made it our own. And through memes, through other things and it was kind of neat to see that part too, how a lot of native people can come together and take something that might be frowned upon and using it as one of our own for our own voice and people are listening.
2: And to to go off of that, it was like also at the same time you had Biden and Harris also mentioning native people in their speeches, which is something I've I've you know, it's something a rare occurrence that I've seen. Where native people are actually mentioned in a you know, victory speech like that, I was just curious your thought on that.
0: When um, Harris mentioned native people, that was pretty good. She was very inclusive on a lot of things, and she and a lot of her remarks were important for people. And then when Biden mentioned it too, I was like, wow, they're both they both included it because we think about it. They have speechwriters, and they could easily push it out like it doesn't have to be in there. So I thought it meant. It meant a lot for Native people, especially for supporters of them, that they were mentioned by both of them on this important night for the Democrats.
1: Yeah, when I heard them start to list (laughs) people, I was just waiting (laughs) to hear if they'd mentioned Native
0: people. They're not going to say Natives.
1: (laughs) Oh, they did? Wow.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the next step now is for them to start calling out individual tribes or individual leaders, which is not much more harder but hopefully that that's the next reality I think a lot of people are hoping for,
1: yeah, so Dalton, how did you know that being a journalist would become
0: the path you'd take? I grew up in Panema on the Red Lake res and um I spent most basically the first eighteen years of my life up there. Um, now I don't get back as much as I I would like, I still have a lot of family up there, still have a lot of great memories. Um, Don't miss the winter snow that much, but I do miss (laughs) those fall colors. But growing up up there, I went to the reservation school and a couple of my teachers would have newspapers and I would just look at them and I wasn't quite sure what they were beyond words and stories and photos. And they would kind of help me out, explain what this was. And then... As I kept on getting older, I was lucky that my grandpa, he had a subscription to the Star Tribune and the local Bemidji newspaper, which is not too far from the reservation. So each day he would have that, and I would often visit, if not every day, every other day. And I would read it, and I would look through it, and it just started to be normal. And I was like, how do they do this? What do they do? And one thing I quickly noticed was a kind of a formula. There was a lot of words, a lot of stories shared about people that looked like me. But it was a lot of stuff that kind of was negative and kind of disappointing. Like, why don't you tell these other stories that are that are just as good and just as important like these stories that you find on the crime blotter or wherever they are found? And so I started to figure out how can I change this? What do I need to do who do I need to talk to, do I have to go to school, things like that. So that was kind of the jumping point of just being introduced to newspapers and news articles, photos. And even then I didn't have, we didn't have like a student newspaper or anything like that. And so when I realized I had to go to school, further my education, I I took it on, I gave it a shot.
2: What do you really like to focus on in your specific journalism? Uh, What keeps you getting up and ready, you know, ready for the day?
0: Basically kind of covering what needs to be covered that hasn't been covered reporting-wise. A lot of it is up to me to find the story, and that's very powerful. I also get assigned stuff too, which is just as good, but it's really neat when you look at the bigger picture. Like, we see trends, we see what's happening with Native people, and then, okay, well, I'm going to focus on this angle, and this is going to come out. A lot of people are going to see this story. A lot of people are going to share it. And so that's part of the reason why I wake up each morning, knowing that I'm able and I have this platform to share these important stories that more than likely would go untold or overlooked.
1: What do you find challenging about being a journalist?
0: Well, I'm definitely an introvert by heart. As much as I enjoy covering Native people, there's also a lot. some Native people that um, prefer not to talk to me. I prefer not the stuff I write about, and which is fine. I take all type of criticism or compliments. They all come from everywhere. And going as being an introvert, being able to tell these stories, because one of my first um, mentors always said, a lot of native people, you grow up, you kind of wait and see, kind of don't look people in the eye, that type of thing. You kind of You're really modest. You're just kind of in the background listening. But at the same time, use that to your advantage. Like, Be a good listener. Observe what's happening. Take notes. Write down what you're seeing. That stuff, the little details, that can be just as powerful. Then you have this cool notebook that makes you look professional. You have a name badge. And I've always used that to my benefit because... Rarely would I go to up to talk to people that I didn't know. But because I have this badge, I have this notebook, I have an objective, I'll go ask anybody anything for any reason now because I have that.
1: Wow, Dalton, that is speaking to me so much as a fellow <laughs> introvert. <laughs> There's so much to that, you know, as as somebody who like who really enjoys listening and um really hearing what people have to say uh, and being able to share other people's voices I, I don't know it's a strength
0: and a part of it thing part of it too is that i really feel strong about is that i i strong, i believe that storytelling is how we got to this point of course it was different with our ancestors migration stories every story was always told Narrative form. Something was shared, and I think, and I, and I like to think that kind of what I'm doing is similar to that. And I got a little head start because I can use documents that saves that like a paper or whatever. But I always look look back to that. Um, I remember a lot of stories my grandma and my grandpa would tell me. It wasn't necessarily like breaking news, but it was stuff that really kept with me. It was important to me. And so that's kind of what I was revert back to regarding when people ask me, like, why it's important to tell our stories.
1: You're listening to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. Native Lights is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Today, we're talking with Dalton Walker from the Red Lake Nation. He's living in Phoenix and is a national correspondent for Indian Country Today.
2: So Dalton, what are your core principles or, you know, the vision that guides your work that you do? Part of it is
0: just holding myself accountable, credible. And you know, a part of it too is it I want to make people proud. And I'm not saying I wanna be I want, I want people to be proud of me. I want people to know that they're able to share things that's important to them that I'm able to Formulate that into an, a story that reflects that. So when they read something that has them in it, last thing I want to do is to either get an air or either for them to be disappointed in what I did. Unfortunately, I can't please everybody in that part. But that's basically kind of the first part is that I want people to be able to read stories or share stories with me that I'm able to share that just as well as they told me it, if not, hoping to do a little bit better in that type of form. Second part is, um, I have a lot of, there's a lot of people that look look up to me as a person, as a Native person, as a Native dad, as a Native partner, especially my 12-year-old daughter. So I'm knowing that they're always looking at me, depending on me, wanting what I'm doing next, like, that's, uh, that's pressure, but at the same time, that's welcomed pressure because... I think it's important for people that look like me, the people that sound like me are out there doing these type of things that people can see and be, and at least get motivated or at least think that, Hey, let's give that a shot to this guy. Look at this guy. He's doing it. We probably can too. So those are the big things. Um, and this as a native person, like it's, that's who I am first. I'm, I'm from Panema, I'm from Red Lake, Ojibwe, Anishinaabe. There's a lot of us. There's tons of us in the States. There's 10 tons of us in Canada. We're all over the place. Like, man, that's pretty cool. Just think if we all united and we are one strong voice, how much power we would have. So it's kind of neat, too, to think that part, hoping some type of unity, unity is sometime down the future.
1: Wow, that's really cool to think of, just the loud roar we could make together. (laughs) So, Dalton, what does being a journalist mean to you? Do you have a summary of of what that means?
0: It's kind of nice to say that when I was a teen, that what I wanted to be, I was able to accomplish that. And now that I'm nowhere near being a teenager... It's like wow! I'm still chugging along. I'm still able to to do what I sought out doing. So that's kind of neat too, just to begin with that. This is who I who I've been to some degree for for basically half my life, and that's kind of neat too. But being a being a journalist is this I I I just believe it's this it's this it's pretty neat. It's just, like to the, telling the stories, um, learning. Like I like to say that I'm a lifelong learner because each morning like I think I know what I'm doing and all of a sudden I'm pulled into something totally different and I have to figure out on the fly what the heck's going on. I need to learn stuff and be familiar with certain topics and content and certain players, certain people. So that's always the fun of it too. It's a lot of adrenaline-filled days and there's also a lot of days where you're just like, Man, what's gonna go what's what's happening tomorrow? I could use a week off. But end of the day you know that you have something inside you that feels like you're doing something important and something meaningful. And I believe that.
1: So lastly, I'm wondering we're wondering if there's something important or exciting that you're going to work on in the future. Any stories you're looking forward to covering?
0: man when i started in january i was looking forward to all the opportunities i would have as my role as a national correspondent that's basically what it was like opportunity everywhere anywhere i could if i could think about something or some place to visit somewhere to go if i could pitch it right i probably could end up there and then the pandemic hits and kind of throws everything out the window and i'm not complaining that that's not an option, but that day, hopefully it comes in the next year or two where I can kind of get back on the ground because I think a lot of our stories are better understood or better reported when we're in person and in people's lives. Only so much we can do over the phone and over Zoom, over especially with our um, with our elders. Like, those are the stories, too, we need to really get hard. And right now, it's really complicated to try to get them because, one, we don't want to potentially get them sick, and, two, it's the obstacles of trying to go somewhere. So that's that's kind of where we're at right now. But I'm making the most of what's happening. Um, the election season's wrapping up, which is really nice. Um getting some relief, but at the same time, there's a lot of news regarding... President-elect Biden and potentially what he can do that can affect Native people. And that's kind of the next thing. We want to make sure that we're telling the stories that come out of D.C. regarding his decisions, potential moves, things like that. So that would be kind of the next immediate immediate thing. Um, there's a lot happening. Um, I, I think we all were working so hard to get to election day. We're all kind of like... Um, I'm trying to take a breather now and trying to get some air but we'll be back up there we'll be turning along soon enough not much room for a breather
2: now huh? <laughs> but yeah well thank you Dalton I really appreciate you chatting with us today
1: yeah miigwech Dalton thank you
0: miigwech for having me you guys do you guys do great work I'm a huge fan of the show I subscribe on on iTunes and always listen to it so nice work <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you very much. <laughs>
1: Sorry, my kid has joined us now, apparently. So it's a good time to say goodbye.
2: <laughs> but yeah, good luck and thank you for all the good work you're doing.
0: Yeah, thanks, guys. And you have my contact information if you need me. All righty. Bye.
2: Appreciate it. Thanks. Bye.
1: Oh, I love what he has to say about being an introvert and also finding a way to share stories. And there's so much opportunity in being a good listener and being and letting people talk.
2: Yeah, that's that's one of my that's one of my deals. I'm also I also consider myself an introvert and being a web producer behind the scenes, you know, being a journalist, doing print and doing, you know, radio edits and things like that, it, it allows you to do a lot of listening and and yeah, it's, it's great. Definitely. It's great to
1: hear that. Dalton Walker from the Red Lake Nation. He's living in Phoenix and is a national correspondent for Indian Country Today. Native Lights, Where Indigenous Voices Shine is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund.
2: If there's someone you'd like to hear us catch up with, or if you have comments about the show, please send us an email at nativelights@amper's.org or find Minnesota Native News on Facebook or Instagram.
1: If you'd like to help us spread the word about Native Lights, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Radio Public, and every major listening app, as well as minnesotanativenews.org. I'm Cole Primo. And I'm Leah Lem. Miigwech for listening. Giga